you know, I love a podcast. Yeah, we've spoken about a podcast over and over and over again. I will listen to anything from Joe Rogan to Murders, Mysteries, and Makeup to Insane History with Dan Carlin. All of it. I love a good podcast. And there is a new one that you need to check out. It is from a local South African. Um, He is the founder and editor-in-chief of South African Psychiatry, Professor Christopher Paul Sabo. He's on a Zoom with me all the way from somewhere in Brackman. Hello, Professor Christopher. Good morning. Oh, I shouldn't say good morning, but uh, hi. I mean, when we're recording this, it's in the morning, so it's okay. Okay, perfect. It's okay. (laughs) Okay, so Professor Christopher, you obviously have been in this industry for a long time. You have done a lot. Um, I, I Googled you and I have, I've researched and I've, I've seen some of the stuff that you've been involved with. But talk to right. me a little bit about before you decided on your career path, why were you drawn to psychiatry? Well, I have to say that certainly in high school, this was never on the agenda. I think when I chose to do medicine, I can't say that it was specifically on the agenda that I would do psychiatry. And I think my interest in psychiatry emerged when I started to encounter psychiatric patients during my internship year. In those days, they used to call us housemen. I was a houseman at Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital. And so that was my first exposure where I was directly responsible for managing patients with psychiatric problems. And I think that's where my interest started. Um, It kind of waned after that for a couple of years. And then I took a decision that if I was going to specialize in anything, that would be the the field. And uh, so I did. So tell me a little bit about psychiatry, because I think and, and you can check me on this, but I think yes. Hollywood has painted it in a kind of horror, scary way, right? Yes. Psychologists, safe, happy place. We can go, we can talk to them, everything's fine. Psychiatrists, yes. straitjacket, mental institution, drugs, right. gone forever right. kind of thing. So talk to me a little bit about that idea that we have and how it's really actually not that, because I'm sure it's not. Well, I think that there are stereotypes. And I suppose one could go back to movies such as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which deals with electroconvulsive therapy and Jack Jack Nicholson character. Then you can look at uh, Frances with Jessica Lange, where she underwent a frontal lobotomy because Mm -hmm. she had a disturbed personality. Mm -hmm. So I think there, there are certain stereotypes of psychiatry where the psychiatrist is seen as some uh, malevolent individual who robs uh, patients of their basic rights. And I think that nothing could be further from the truth. The reality is that psychiatry is a, is a holistic, probably the most holistic of all the medical disciplines. We take a biopsychosocial model, so we look at the individual very much within the context of their physical uh, well-being, their emotional well-being, how they integrate and are part of society. So we look at patients in a very holistic way. And the reality is that certainly in this country, we have a Mental Health Care Act, which makes very, very, very careful provision for how we actually deal with some of our most vulnerable members of the community. So I know that there are stereotypes about psychiatrists and psychiatry. And I think in terms of what I've always attempted to do, it's to dispel those myths and to 
promote a different perception of psychiatry as one that is caring, as one that is capable, and as I said, one that is holistic and looks at the whole person as part of the understanding and obviously as part of any treatment package. Okay. Professor Christopher, for someone listening who has no understanding of the background of either of either of them, what is the difference between psychiatry and psychology? And when would we need a psychiatrist? Well, I think one of the perceptions about psychiatry is that we simply prescribe medication. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that is something we can do because we're medically trained. So just to be clear, you need to qualify as a medical doctor first, which uh, takes many years. Thereafter, you then spend a minimum of four years specializing in psychiatry where you work at psychiatric institutions and you work with psychiatric patients exclusively. You are also required to write certain exams to actually obtain your specialist uh, registration, which nowadays also includes completion of a master's degree in psychiatry so that you have research skills and competence. So becoming a psychiatrist, if you think about it, from the time that you start at university to the time that you may actually register with the Health Professionals Council of South Africa as a specialist would take, on average, about 12 to 13 years. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a long stretch. You have to be dedicated. You have to be committed. And you've got to be prepared to put in the hard yards. You okay? No, I was just gonna say this is a dedication. This is this is a calling. This isn't just a thing you want to do. This is this has got to be a calling for you, surely. Very um, much so. And just to and just to clarify, to to answer your question more fully, yeah. psychologists come from the humanities. We come from health sciences. Psychologists yeah. come from the humanities. So they have an arts degree. We have a medical degree. But certainly there is overlap. Mm. And in terms of psychological interventions, psychiatrists have to be competent in their ability to Mm. deliver psychological interventions. So certainly there is no uh, clear line which says, you know, psychologists one side, psychiatrists the other. There's a lot of interface between the two disciplines and we work very closely together. So psychologists do what they do, psychiatrists do what they do, but certainly psychiatry has a very uh, clear understanding if not the same extent of training in terms of psychology, but they have a clear understanding of psychological techniques. Okay. But then also the, the medical behind you, absolutely, like you say, holistic, which I actually really can appreciate that now. Uh, Professor Christopher, when would we consult a psychiatrist? Because I know a lot of my friends are yes. psychologists, but at what right. point do we need to be referred How, or do we just go like, and, and what is it that you treat? Right. So I think that there is the understanding that if you require medication, then you need to see a psychiatrist. The reality is that as much as that does happen, that is not necessarily all that psychiatrists do. So I think we need to be very clear on that. For example, I treat eating disorders. I seldom use medication. So I'm working very psychotherapeutically with my patients and their families, depending on their age. So psychiatrists are not simply prescribers. 
I mean, there are a lot of medications that psychiatrists prescribe, that general practitioners can prescribe and do prescribe. So I think that it depends on the severity mm. of the presentation, which might require medication. It may also depend on the nature of the problem, where certain psychiatrists, for example, myself, where I work with eating disorders, might have a, a very specialized understanding and an extensive experience, which goes beyond what the psychiatrist or psychologist may be able to, to offer. So I think it's, it's, it's very much dependent on the patient. Okay. Um, Professor Christopher, a question regarding the, the GP prescribing um, yes. the, the, the medication that you were talking about now. Yes. Um, I know people that are on medication that haven't seen a psychiatrist that went to the GP and said, I'm feeling this way. And the GP yes. has then prescribed this not to drag right. anyone or to give anyone a bad name. But I, I can just, I look at this and, and just from my perspective and understanding, I don't agree with it because I feel like you haven't spent the time with the patient. You know, you have your 20 minutes in and out. That's it. Whereas a psychiatrist would be spending time. Am I wrong? Should you rather be getting this medication from someone like yourself as opposed to your GP? Well, I certainly can understand where you're coming from. The truth of the matter is that it's important to have the general practitioner involved because your general practitioner will should ideally have a knowledge of not just the patient, but if they're within a family setting, the family as well, okay. and, and may have seen the individual patient on many occasions, seen them over many years through many different phases of their life and many different kinds of problems. So I definitely do not discount the role of the general practitioner, not least of all, because if you consider the extent of need versus the number of psychiatrists, there is absolutely no way that Mm. psychiatrists could cope with every single person who might bypass the GP and simply go to the psychiatrist. So I think that the GPs serve a very important role. And I think that general practitioners are very conscious of what they can do and where they find that what they're doing is not adequate for the patient's needs. And i would like to believe that the general practitioner will themselves be seeking specialist assistance in managing specific cases. Having said that, there are many individuals who are quite successfully managed by seeing their general practitioners. So I think that everybody has a role to play. And I think that one has to look at the system within a layered context that you know, one moves through the general practitioner very often. Sometimes people come directly to psychologists or psychiatrists, but I would not in any way diminish the role of the general practitioner. I think what's important for all of us is to know our limitations and to seek the necessary additional help where required. That is very, very valid. Thank you. I I genuinely appreciate that answer because I also, um, and please don't take this offensively, but I also feel like um, psychiatrists and psychologists cost more than going to your GP. And for a vast amount of the population, correct. I think it's out out of reach. I think that's a very important consideration. I mean, the truth of the matter is specialist care is more expensive than general practitioner care. Yes. And for some people, that may be a reality. And so 
I don't think that one should should have any issue with with raising that because it's a reality, and I think that one has to accept that, and one has to look at it accordingly. So I don't think it's a a, a problem to talk about it at all. I think it's it's something that needs to be discussed actually. Professor Christopher, I wanted to, before we chat about your podcast, I just wanted to yes. talk to you a little bit about medication. Um, mm. A lot of people are afraid of it. They're yes. afraid it's going to change them. It's going to make them feel funny, um, especially those with anxiety. I feel like the anxiety sure. extends within the medication realm. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. How does it work in layman's terms what is it doing to you is it really affecting all of the chemicals and changing your personality like people believe it is talk to us about medication and maybe you can allay some fears well i think that before one gets to medication there has to be an assessment of the problem so very often for example people can be distressed upset not happy which can look like depression, but there may be things happening in their life which need to be addressed and need to be dealt with. So context is very important. I've always understood that before one moves to medication, you have to really get a comprehensive view of what is going on in the life of the individual patient who is in front of you. So often there are non-medication routes that one can take in dealing with with issues. So it's not to say that because somebody sees a psychiatrist that they will inevitably land up having to uh, take medication that might be prescribed. Having said that, there are obviously conditions for which medication is very helpful. And, you know, depression, anxiety, some of the major psychiatric conditions outside of that, including schizophrenia, bipolar disorder. So there are a range of conditions for which medical attention deficit hyperactivity disorder in children, for example. So there are many conditions for which medication is highly efficacious. But I can certainly understand fear and concern on the part of the patient. Now, one of the big issues in psychiatry is compliance. And one of the big causes of relapse of illness is because of non-compliance. So certainly as a psychiatrist, you have to be very mindful of the reservations patients may have in terms of taking medication. And so everything has to be very carefully explained in terms of what you think is going on, what do you think some of the interventions might be, of which medication may be one. And remember, I've said to you that psychiatry is a holistic discipline, biopsychosocial. So likewise, in terms of your intervention, not just in terms of your understanding, you have to provide a comprehensive treatment package. So this is not simply a question of take these pills, I'll see you in a month, or I'll see you in a couple of months. It doesn't work that way mm. because there are clearly other issues that need to be dealt with. They could be relationship issues. They could be work-related issues. It could be a whole host of, of issues, loss, disappointment, you name it, which could be impacting on the person's emotional well-being and their mental state. So you really have to understand your patient in a very holistic way. So in terms of medication, well, generally speaking, these medications work on neurotransmitter systems and neuroreceptors. So there's a whole complex neuroscience uh, behind these medications. And the truth of the matter is uh, there is data, there is scientific evidence. And let's face it, as with every medication, there are side effects. So when you are contemplating prescribing for any patient, 
everything has to be discussed and the patient needs to feel comfortable. I never expect that patients will simply say, fine, no problem, without <laughs> necessarily saying, hmm, could there be a problem? Do I really need this? Okay. What, might the, what might the side effects be? And what can I expect from the medication? And how long will it take to work? Et cetera, et cetera. So I think when you prescribe, these are all the conversations that you need to have. And then it's still up to the individual to make that decision. So the issue of informed consent, which is crucial in the doctor-patient relationship and part of the trust relationship, where you provide all the information, you provide the guidance, but generally speaking, you are allowing the patient to make that determination based on what you have told them in terms of what you think and what you suggest. So it's very much a dialogue and it's very much a, a, a collaborative relationship. You're working together in the patient's best interest. Okay, thank you. I think you make a lot of sense and you speak a lot of sense. And also, I love how you point out that we're all exactly the same. Inherently, at the end of the day, we're all thinking the same things and feeling the same feelings. And humans are so interconnected. I'm, I, I don't know why I'm continuously surprised by that, but mm. it, it's <laughs> so true. Sure. Okay, so yeah. Professor Christopher, you have a yes. podcast, and yeah. I am very, very excited for this podcast. There is definitely a gap for this. So talk right. to me about your podcast, Beyond Madness. Yes. Well, the idea for the podcast came actually from the publication South African Psychiatry, which I've been editing now for over seven years. Yeah. And it just struck me that there was an opportunity now to move from the written word to the spoken word. And South African psychiatry features articles from psychiatrists and other mental health professionals writing about issues in psychiatry. So the podcast itself is really about issues. If you want to know about psychiatric conditions, you can always go and read a textbook mm -hmm. and you will find all of the conditions there and the definitions and all the diagnostic criteria, et cetera, et cetera. This podcast is really an opportunity to hear psychiatrists in conversation talking about psychiatry. So we're kind of going beyond the sort of core business of psychiatry, which is to treat mental illness, because that's what psychiatrists do. They diagnose and treat mental illness. And to have conversations about some of the issues which impact on the treatment and care of psychiatric patients. So, for example, the first podcast dealt with psychiatry in a cross-cultural setting, South Africa, mm -hmm. and looking at the role of traditional healers, for example, Ooh. and looking at how different cultures experience mental illness within their communities and how they respond. And so you could say, well, you know, this doesn't tell me how to treat depression or schizophrenia. And that's not the intention of the podcast, essentially, is to talk about issues in psychiatry that influence the discipline but also have implications for the broader society. So that is the intention. And really, it's an opportunity for listeners to hear psychiatrists, as I said, speaking about psychiatry, and in a sense, address some of those stereotypes about what psychiatry is, because now you're going to hear psychiatrists actually talking as opposed to watching a movie and saying, wow, that's what Hollywood thinks of psychiatry. Yes. Well, of course, Hollywood is going to dramatize it and, and, and make it extreme. Whereas in reality, psychiatrists are thoughtful and there is a history and there is a rich discipline 
in terms of thinking. There's a lot of thinking that goes into what ultimately transpires between the psychiatrist and their patient. Where can we find it and how do we listen to it? Well, my understanding is that it's on all of the uh, podcasts, Apple, Google, and Spotify, but it comes from Cliff Central. So if you go to cliffcentral.com, that's where you will find Beyond Madness and you will be able to listen to it. Okay. Last question, Professor. Yes. You do a lot of the things. You do, you, you're still in practice. You're editor-in-chief yes. of, the, of this psychiatry magazine. You are a professor. You are mm. doing a podcast. I'm sure you are yes. a family man. You're doing all of yes. the things. And we've been, taught, mm. we've been talking and spoken to about balance, 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 balance over the last two Correct. years. You, yes. sir, have all of the tools to help us also have the balance. So how do you balance all of that? And what should we be doing to balance within our own lives? Well, I think that what you see is that I've got a very varied uh, portfolio. So I do things that I enjoy, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's, it's really about not trying to do everything at the same time. It's about being able to focus selectively on specific activities and putting everything into that and then being able to park it and move on and always keeping a perspective on that balance. So family time is very important. Time with friends is very important. Downtime is very important. You cannot just work, work, work. And don't forget, one also needs to have a balance in terms of activity levels, exercise, you know, getting out there, walking, running, going to gym, whatever, yoga, doesn't matter. You know, having some level of physical activity built in because there's a lot of uh, uh, sitting and sedentary practices that are part of our everyday life. And I think it's important to get out there and, and, and also to connect with the environment, which I think is so important. I mean, just looking out of the window and, and watching the birds. I mean, it may sound so simplistic, but if you watch them, there is, there is beauty in nature. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watch, I watch the weaver birds the whole time. They never cease to amaze me, mm. you know, in terms of what they build and their industriousness and watching the leaves, you know, they're not there. And suddenly in spring, you see the buds and the next thing, you know, the leaves are there. And suddenly there's green everywhere and the jacarandas are in blue. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not just waxing lyrical about nature, but what I'm saying is, and in fact, there is a science that says that emotional well-being is enhanced by proximity to trees and greenness. Yeah. So I'm not just speaking from my personal point of view. There is actually a science behind it as well, which is not what influences what I do, but just to say. So yeah, the, the balance is, is, is really about the different things that you do and making sure that you don't do one thing to the complete exclusion of others. Mm. And I think that's very important. Thank you very much. I think we're all going to go out and look at the leaves and stand on the grass for a little bit today. It's going to be good for us. And I love that you tell us to move our bodies, move your body. I'm a very firm believer in that. Um, My my old Jewish grandfather always used to say, you're not sad, you're lazy. And I know that that's wrong, but (laughs) it did, it did definitely help when, when I went to the gym, it definitely makes one feel better. Like you can accomplish things and like you're absolutely good. Absolutely yeah. true. And, and one doesn't need to go to an extreme. It's got no. to be within the context of balance. 
balance. Love this. The universe is really trying to teach me balance this year. I think maybe at some point I might listen. Professor Christopher Christopher Paul Sabo, he is the man behind Beyond Madness. You can find it on Apple, Google, Spotify, everywhere, or cliffcentral.com. Prof, thank you so much for hanging out with me. Hopefully we can do this again soon. My pleasure.